So this is our 100th episode. 100 years of How to Do Everything. And uh, we're celebrating with a meetup. We're going to do it next weekend, March 30th, at the Boiler Room in Chicago. That's at 4 o'clock. The Boiler Room, you may remember, was featured in our Toilet of the Week. Come have a drink or, or eat something or just use the toilet. We're excited about it. March 30th. 4 p.m. The Boiler Room, Chicago. Happy anniversary. Us. This is How to Do Everything. I'm Ian. And I'm Mike. On today's show, we'll tell you how to keep your daughter from making fun of you. And also, we'll tell you how to pick the right seat at a dinner party. But first, controversy in Michigan. Specifically at the Violet Elementary School Talent Show. It involves young Eric Henze. He's a first grader there at Violet. Now, he and his mom, Emily, are with us now. So, Emily, can you just lay out uh, what happened? Well, my son came home from school with his talent show permission slip, and he said, Mama, I want to be in the talent show. And I said, well, what are you going to do? And he said, armpit fart. And I said, (laughs) okay, he's good at it, you know, it's not hurting anyone. So I filled the the form out, and it uh, I put body farts by Eric, and I got a call from the principal the next morning. She said she could not allow him in the show, um, that bodily noises were inappropriate. She's standing firm, and he's not going to be in the show. Oh, man. Well, uh, can we talk to Eric for a second? Sure, he's right here. Okay. Say hello. Hi. Hey, hey Eric. So tell us, uh, we hear that you are a pretty amazing uh, body farter, armpit fart. Can you tell us how you do it? I put my I put my hand up my shirt and I put it on my armpit work. And then I keep on putting my arm up and down and it makes farting noise. Oh, man. Where did you learn to do that? From Sebastian. Who's, oh. who's Sebastian? He's my friend. So do you do you practice it a lot? Yes. All right. And do you do it? Um, have you done it in school before? Yeah. Really? Yep. So what happens when you when you try it out in school? If my friends only hear it, they'll say do it and do it again. I think it is a great injustice that Eric is not being allowed to perform at his talent show. He deserves a chance to shine. So we are going to have our own little talent show right here. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the talent show to end all talent shows. And now from Michigan, a young man with a talent the likes of which the world has never seen. Young man, are you ready to show the world what you can do? Okay. Let's bring him on. Hi, my name is Eric Kenzie. And I am seven years old. Here's my armpit farting. (laughs) 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 Oh, McDonald's had a E-I-E-I. And on their farm they had a E-I-E-I. With a there and a there, there and a. They're everywhere. Oh, McDonald's had a E-I-E-I. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow.
<laughs> Is this all part of the act? <laughs> yes. <laughs> If armpits could speak, they would say thank you, Eric, for blessing us with your golden hands of music. A dinner party can be great fun, but it can also be a source of great anxiety. You don't want to sit by the wrong person. You don't want to get stuck at the wrong table. The, the worst is when you get stuck between two conversations that are happening without you. Alex Cornell is a designer in California, and he thinks he's figured out a great scheme for choosing the best seat. So, Alex, uh, first of all, what's, what's your best case uh, dinner party scenario? So, for me, I, I'm always really excited to see circles. I love circle tables. Oh. I think I think that those are those kind of like enable the best kind of conversation. And if I'm going to dinner with somebody, I, I'd I'd like it to be anywhere from two to five, maybe depending on the restaurant, you know. And then a circle size table is my ideal situation, I'd say. Well, let's uh, let's go through do kind of a, a rapid fire uh, based on your extensive uh, dinner party research. Yeah. Uh, we'll we'll throw you scenarios, and uh, you can just tell us the ideal thing we should do. Okay, I like it. Um, all right, so uh, let's start with easy one, four-person square. Uh, with two on each side or with one on each side? Let's say, one, uh, let's say two on each side. All right, so two on each side, I guess it depends if you're with your significant other or not, but you, you pretty much you want to make sure that the person you're sitting across from is the person that you are intending to have the most conversations with. So if you are with your boyfriend or girlfriend, you want to sit next to them because probably you've already, you know, you've talked enough and you're, with, you're out with <laughs> friends or something like that. So you want to sit across from the person that you want to talk the most with. Okay. How about a uh, six-person rectangle? Six-person rectangle, it's pretty easy. You want to sit in the middle um, un- unless there's a huge personality on one of the ends and then maybe you want to be across from them. But I'd say the middle, that's a, that's a pretty straightforward one. You want to be st- square in the middle. All right, seven-person rectangle. Seven-person rectangle mm. is my least favorite one, and in this case, I think all you want to do is try your best to avoid not the end seat that's going to be across from nobody. Everyone thinks that's the worst seat, but in fact, I think the person sitting next to them is the one that's in the most trouble because you kind of then become expected to entertain that person on oh. the end for the duration of the meal, yeah. which you know places a huge weight on how interesting or excited you are to talk to that specific person so all i try to do is avoid that seat at all costs i'll sit at the other end of the table just to avoid that situation so in general alex you recommend kind of aiming for the middle waiting for people to kind of get established but always hoping to sit in the middle yeah i'd say you want to you want to be like if there are five people it's it's kind of easy you just want to maybe be the third person to sit down and then you'll you'll be fine if there's six people Third person's generally good. That's usually the safest way. All right, here's a tough one. What about large group, two tables? Yeah, yeah that is, I would say, pretty much the uh, the worst situation, I think, at least in my experience. The issue is that now if you pick too soon, you know, the other the other table usually will kind of come together in what is clearly the more interesting or exciting they end up being the table that gets drunk first and you're like man they're having such a good time over there you're like every time that always happens and so the danger is obviously they get stuck at the wrong table and so what i like to do just because the situation 
scares me. Is that when people start to sit down, I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm going to go to the bathroom. I'll meet you guys over there. And so then when you come back to the two tables, there's one seat left. You don't have to choose. It very well might be at the wrong table, but it's, it's not your decision. You've kind of left it to yeah. the restaurant fate. Um, so even if it's not ideal, you, you, you're not sitting there blaming yourself through the entire meal. Yeah, well, so that's one of those one of the few situations I'll kind of break silence and say to whoever I actually want to sit with, I'll be like, hey, you know, like, do you, do you want to sit down together because this situation scares me? And then people are usually like, oh my god, me too. Like, let's let's talk. Let's get everybody involved in this. Let's all figure it out. So, Alex, if you do that, if you uh, say, you know what, I'm going to use the bathroom, and there are people who've seen this chart that you've published, isn't yeah. there also a danger that everybody is going to bolt to the bathroom? Yeah, no, there absolutely is. And, I, you know, unfortunately now I've doomed myself for probably the next, like, you know, 15 times I go out. It's almost made going out to dinner trickier. <laughs> well, Alex, this has been great. Thank you so much. No, yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm glad to, uh, to help people out and make, make dining less awkward for everybody. <laughs> we'll put Alex's seating chart up on our website, howtodoeverything.org. Hey, Rebecca, what can we help you with? So um, my, I have a sixth grade daughter, and I also teach sixth grade. And so my question is, how can you tell the difference between Rihanna and Beyonce on the radio? Because they both sound exactly the same to me. And my daughter makes fun of me because of it. So with your daughter, have you made a mistake where you've been like, oh, I love this Rihanna song, and then she disapproves? Yes. Yes. Every time, it comes, every time one comes on the radio, she knows I, does, I don't know, she says. Beyonce or Rihanna, and almost every time I get it wrong. Oh, so she she's taking advantage of your mistakes here she's, to make you feel dumb. Correct. Well, let me ask you this. Which one is uh, married to Jay-Z? Oh, Beyonce is married to Jay-Z. Okay. Oh. And I know all about Rihanna and Chris Brown. So yeah. That I know about. So I just you, can't tell their singing voices apart. So you know which one has better taste than men? Yes, I do. Okay. All right, well, wait. Which one sings Bootylicious? Yeah, I don't know. Well, this is a situation then. Yes. All right. Well, I think we're going to look into this for you, and we'll see if we can hopefully help you out. Thank you. Joining us now is uh, Julianne Smolinski. Now, uh, she is also known as Boobs Radley on Twitter, where she is uh, consistently hilarious. And uh, Julianne was recently on a world tour with Rihanna. So uh, can can you help? I can. I can. Um, I think aside from the basic vocal register differences, uh, Beyonce has a much kind of deeper, uh, lower, I would say more rich uh, voice, whereas okay. Rihanna's is a little higher and thinner. Okay. Um, yeah. Rihanna is uh, Barbadian, so she has an accent. Oh. Um, so she's, you can kind of listen for that. She's got a little bit more of that lilt uh, in her voice, but she definitely has a, a very pronounced Barbadian accent, and Beyonce is from Texas, so she does not. Well, can you point to a song or a moment in a song where you can hear that accent? Sure. I think anytime she says diamonds, um, <laughs> which is pretty much every song that Rihanna yeah. has, <laughs> that is a pretty strong example. Well, I think what we'll do here is we will uh, we play a little bit of uh, Rihanna where she's singing uh, diamonds, and then we'll play a little Beyonce where she actually uh, sings the word diamonds, and we'll make that sort of the, the word you can check by. That's perfect. That's a great idea. Okay, first let's check out uh, Rihanna. Shine bright like a diamond Shine bright like a diamond Fine light in the beautiful sea 
and uh, now Beyonce. Dedicated to the one I love. So, uh, anything else um, that might might help Rebecca tell these two apart? Yeah, I I would say that uh, Beyonce has a much more uh, traditional uh, kind of disco dance beat, whereas Rihanna favors a little bit more of that European pop kind of sound. Um, if it sounds like something that you would hear uh, in a club at four a.m., which I don't know how much Rebecca is uh, hanging out there, Let's um, it's a lot. much more likely. Yeah, a lot. Rihanna definitely has much more of a modern uh, techno sound. Really, anything that's more throbbing is probably going to be Rihanna. So if it's throbbing, it's Rihanna. <laughs> if, it's, if it's throbbing, that's a medical diagnosis there. It's Rihanna. Rihanna's to blame for that. All right. Well, this is great. Um, thank you so much for, for helping out, Rebecca. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. We have Rebecca back on the line with us now. She's armed with all this new knowledge. Uh, let's see if it works. Okay, Rebecca. You ready? Yes. Okay, here's your first, first song. All right, who was that? Is that Rihanna? Hey, it was. Well done. I think I knew that one. Okay, well, let's, let's try another one then. Okay. That was Justin Bieber. You're right. Okay, uh. we tried to throw you a curveball. Not too early for you, Rebecca. No. All right, you ready? Yeah. All right, who was that? Beyonce? Yeah. <laughs> now, did you just use process of elimination? No. Um, you said it was lower, so her voice was lower. All right. The I I would say Rebecca that whenever I hear Rihanna's uh, that song Diamonds that we were just just hearing a second ago, the the way she says diamond at the beginning always gets in my head. It sounds diamond. Yeah. So maybe if we all practice that, that'll so, sort of stick in our heads, and we'll all be able to remember diamond. Do you want to give that a try? Diamond. Oh See? my. Yeah. Okay. So I would say like keep that you know keep that accent in your head, and you'll have it. Okay. All right, Rebecca. Well, uh, I know that's a lot to take in. I hope your daughter never makes fun of you again. Yes, I hope so, too. Thank you for the help. All along there was a fever. So that was Rihanna. Right, we heard from uh, Jeffrey. Now, Jeffrey says he listens to our podcast while working at his job as a master of the custodial arts at an elementary school. All right, Jeffrey, these next 15 seconds are for you. This is, yeah, this is the kind of music where uh, when I'm spreading out that pink sand over some barf. Mm, cedar chips. Got a little spring in my step. Yeah. China has these new seatbelt laws, and they're handing out $8 tickets to anybody caught riding without a seatbelt. Of course, people don't like this. Zach Bowman from Autoblog found out people have a new way to get around this. Now, uh, Zach, can you can you just tell us what this is? Sure. So 
there are some guys who are selling these T-shirts with a with a graphic that's just a it's a white T-shirt with a black stripe, and the stripe runs from your left shoulder to your right hip, and uh, that gives the impression that you're actually wearing your seatbelt when in fact you are not. So if I if I were to look in the car, it would look like this guy was wearing a, a seatbelt. Sure. Yeah. Or he'd won a weird uh, beauty pageant. Yes, a uh, very, a very nondescript beauty pageant. Yeah. Now, do they, do you know? Do they make passenger side with the stripe going the other way? They, you know, I haven't seen the passenger side, but that would that would that would make a lot of sense. The shirts are the shirts are eight bucks. Okay. So roughly the cost of a ticket. <laughs> um, I don't know. It doesn't doesn't totally seem worth it. Well, I but. wonder, Zach. I don't. Maybe you haven't figured this out, but if you f- if you kind of calculate the amount of money you make per hour, and you f- you figure out the amount of time it takes you to actually buckle your seatbelt, mm-hmm. at what point do you recoup the value of the T-shirt? I assume it's somewhere in the in the ten year range. I imagine that's probably true. <laughs> okay. You know, it, just, it just seems easier to just put the put the seatbelt on, right? Yeah, we should be clear. The T-shirt has no protective uh, function whatsoever. Well, I sunburn, maybe. It might, might be sunburn. <laughs> and cold. And cold. There's that, yeah. That does it for this week's show. What we learned today, Mike? I learned that the cruel hand of censorship can strike even in the first grade. Yeah, I feel like when we decided that free speech was something that should be protected... It was, it was just people like Eric, the little guy. Yeah, exactly. He's literally little. He's in first grade. Who, uh, you know, their right to speak or whatever that sound is called, let's stand up for that. Yeah. That would actually be a rally that I would, that would be like the most hilarious rally, protest rally ever. Yeah. Just just a bunch of guys up there letting letting it rip. I mean, as uh, even as uh, the Beastie Boys said, you got to fight for your right to farty. I'm sorry about that. How to Do Everything is produced by Blythe Hega with technical direction from Lorna White. Our intern this week is Miles Dornboss. Also, we'd like to thank Bill Curtis for emceeing the How to Do Everything talent show. And we want to thank Mary Gaffney for helping us record this. Yeah, because we don't know what we're doing. Nope. Get us your questions at howto at npr.org. And visit our website, howtodoeverything.org. There, you'll find information about our meetup next week. March 30th, 4 p.m., at the boiler room, you should come. I'm Ian. I'm Mike. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, Eric, have you ever? What? Um, have you ever? Can you make fart sounds with your hands you, by squeezing no. them together? Because I can do that. Here, listen to this. You can do it with your hands. Yeah, check it out. I can't.